you beauty. G'day guys and welcome to Dreams Into Success. I'm your host Chris Goodrope and each episode we bring you an inspiring story or message that will encourage you to face your fears and live your dreams. Before we get started today, I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors here at Dreams Into Success, Robert Oatley Wines and Rode Microphones. And don't forget to visit my website, chrisgoodrope.com. Follow this podcast on Instagram at Dreams Into Success and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Dreams Into Success if you want to watch the episodes. Or if you prefer to listen, you can find me at Apple iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss an episode. This is episode number four with the great man, Nicky O. Today I'm pumped to be sitting down with a great mate of mine. He's not just a mate, but he is a proud Indigenous man, a 303-game AFL legend of the Sydney Swans, a premiership player who kicked 521 career goals, a Hall of Famer, Indigenous Team of the Century member, and now a business owner doing amazing work in the community with the Go Foundation. He's a husband, a father to three incredible kids. Please welcome the great... Mickey O. <laughs> Welcome, brother. Thanks for having me, mate. Unbelievable. Mate, what a resume, eh? And now I've just seen off air, no one saw this, but off air I just saw your, uh, mate, you're getting into video on now these days and, uh, <laughs> instead of the Briggs. No, look, that was, uh, we, the AFL and myself, uh, Adam Goods, uh, Senator Briggs, um, for those who don't know, Briggs is one of Australia's best Indigenous rappers. So uh, we did a COVID-19 um a little commercial, I guess you'd call it, for the community to make sure that they're staying healthy and, and distancing and washing their hands. And uh, we got all the, a few uh, current and, and, and past AFL players involved as well. Awesome, mate. You don't mind being in front of the camera, do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone keeps telling me. <laughs> mate, uh, your AFL career, obviously got some great stats there and, um, you know, a, a legend of the game. Have you had a chance to sort of reflect on it now that you've been out of the game for, for a little bit? Uh, look, I've been out... 10 plus years now, like done in my 11th year that I'm out of the game. So when you first retire, you're out sort of the honeymoon period where you've retired, you're out celebrating and, and, and you're going to functions and you're catching up with friends who, you know, you've never been able to do in the part when you're a player. So that's been, you know, that's done and dusted now. Now it's about obviously earning a living, working and doing the things you need to do. But, um, when you sort of read it out like that after one thing after another, like, you know, it's it's a a long, I guess, big body of work that I've been able to put together and you're able to collect a few things along the journey. So it's the, the main one, though, is, is premierships and winning them. So yeah. to be able to tick that one off um, is, is amazing because not a lot of people get to do no, that. No, they don't, mate. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that a bit later. So, but, mate, I suppose it wasn't... Um the essence of this podcast, you know, is is following your dreams, and and for you, it wasn't always easy, was it? You know, you grew up in in Adelaide. Um, can you give us a little bit of an insight into your, your childhood? Um, I know your mum was a hard worker, mate, and, and and kept you in line, you know, from our chats. But can you, yeah, a bit of an insight into your childhood. Um, yeah, look, growing up in Adelaide, I was like literally twenty minutes out of the city in a suburb called Salisbury North. Big Indigenous population there, um, everyone coming from the bush and the first, I guess, major town that you pull into is Salisbury North. And it's only about 20, 25 minutes out of the city and um, you've got to go down to Port Wakefield Road and you either keep going to the city or you do a little turn off and that's Salisbury. Um, so I had an amazing childhood growing up, cousins everywhere, mates, uh, brilliant, everyone played footy. Yeah. Um, you know, we all lived around a corner from each other. Um School, I really enjoyed school. Some of my best mates, still my best mates, uh, you know, all went to school together. Uh, a lot of in, non-Indigenous um, school friends. So it was just a, a really incredible um, childhood. Um, and it wasn't till you get to that 16, 17, 18 mark that, you know, you start travelling to town and you're meeting people from different parts of Adelaide and whatnot and it goes, well, what, you don't know you're poor till you, you yeah. see what the outside is. Uh, world has got to offer and, yeah. and yeah and certainly people you meet along that journey so but we never felt like that as kids no. um and we would drive back to our my mother's community and my father's community you know every school holidays christmas all those kind of, and you play and, and kick the footy and ride motorbikes and go fishing with 
all your cousins back in the community. So yeah. I had the best of everything and um, we didn't have much but we did, you know, we were able to get in the car and get there and, and manage to, to, to look after ourselves. So, yeah. and again, you, I think you, you mentioned my mum played a huge part in that and she raised six kids um, and my father was in and out of our lives but, you know, he's a, he was a, he's a, he's a good guy but um, certainly myself being the eldest um, really took that leadership role, I guess, you know, the man of the house type role yeah, as yeah. I got to that 13 years of age. Um, but it was great. Like, you know, there's nothing I, I, would, I wouldn't change. No, no, absolutely, mate. And it's – I think my understanding – and, mate, correct me if I'm wrong – Narajindri, man from the Kurong Nation. Yeah, Is almost, that right? Almost. Don't <laughs> <laughs> well. Yes. Tell, me, tell me a bit about uh, – yeah, correct me first. And then, uh, tell me what your, your culture means to you, mate, and, yeah. um, and how proud are you from where you've come from? Uh, it's a really great effort you try to do there, but it's nut, it's nut and jerry, so you've got to roll that tongue. Nut and yeah. jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nut and jerry. And um, that's my father's people, Naranga, my mother's people, and Ghana, which is basically um, – biggest sort of clan in, in Adelaide, uh, in the city, the city centre. Yep. Um, so those three, um, those three, well, they're, they're, those mob I'm, I'm from um, and, you know, it's, it's Adelaide's not a massive town so everyone knows everyone anyway but uh, some fierce rivalries in terms of the footballing and netball carnivals and you played for where your mother or your grandfather or your father's from so it was really amazing as a kid growing up. I got. To, I was really lucky to play senior, uh, a couple of senior games before I left for the community. Um, but you know, I'm a city slick. I'm, I'm born and raised in the in the city. In so the city. It was, yeah. But it was awesome and brilliant to get back to community. Uh, about 300k out of 200k, and, and, and maybe just under 200k from my father's side to be able to go and see everyone because that's yeah. where everyone lived. That's where everyone came from. Mm. Uh, when white people went to South Australia, they put them on these communities and missions and. And they were told to survive, and yeah, wow. even though they weren't from there originally, they were dragged and lived, and so then you know, mm. they end up marrying um, you know, people in within those communities and yeah. end up staying for the rest of their lives and living in that particular place. So, right. um, really hard, tough times for our elders and what they went through, and certainly made our life as, as yeah. young people growing up a lot easier. And it must feel good. We're just talking off air as well. Look, I'll pop back to Melbourne um, during this time. How important and how good it does feel to get back home. Oh, know, unbelievable. This is the longest I've been away with COVID-19, been away from Adelaide and, and the community. Usually I can get back for a day, two, maybe three, and then certainly on holidays when I'm taking the children, the kids back there to go and see the, the, the other children and kids in the community. Yeah. You know, that's a week or two. So, yeah, this is – I'm really, really having a hard time with it at the yeah. moment because I'm not used to spending that much time away from my people. Yeah, yeah. And – yeah, certainly here, uh, the mob, Gadigal mob here and uh, in Sydney have been unbelievable, yeah. you know, and I've always got great connections and, and people here, but, you know, it's home is home mm. and I, I really miss seeing everyone and it's it's tough, but it's everyone's doing it tough at yeah. this time. So. Yeah, no, exactly right, mate. And I suppose moving from that is it's National Reconciliation Week this week and it was um, National Sorry Day yesterday. What um, what does this week mean to you? And I suppose, do you remember, like, back in 2008 when I think Kevin Rudd did say sorry, was that a, not a relief, I don't know how to put it, but how did you feel when that happened and, and what does this week mean to you, mate? Uh, obviously, remembering Kevin Rudd uh, when he gave that really important speech, it was, I think, for a lot of us younger generation, and I'm oh, sorry, I guess every Indigenous person around the country was about time that we we need to step back and have a look at Australia's history. You know, if we're going to do it properly, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, and recognising the atrocities that happened to our people over a number of years since that first boat landed. And um, that was really important. It was really important yeah. and, and more so for our elders because of the, the humiliation and the sadness of being taken away and stolen and, and it was just uh, crazy. It's really hard to in this day and age where we live right now in 2020, that that actually happened. I can't believe it. Yeah. And everyone I speak to, uh, every non-Indigenous person I speak to, they say the same thing. It's embarrassing. And it is embarrassing. And, yeah. and, but the one thing is to actually, when you've made mistakes, and certainly one as, as, as bad as that one, you, you've got to take ownership for it. Mm. And, um, you know, the amount of pushback, I guess, that the Prime Minister at that stage had gotten for 
delivering that speech from his own people within his own cabinet and, and I've got no doubt, and the, obviously the opposition. It's amazing now that they've all, oh, this is absolute, this is what yeah. we should have done all, all along. Around, yeah. They've all jumped on the bandwagon. So yeah. it's quite amazing. Um, um, he, he, you know, it takes a lot of guts to be able to get yeah. up and do that. It's not the most popular thing at that point of time, but now it's, it's you know, recognised everywhere around the continent. So yeah. um, really important, our... I can't imagine someone taking my kids away. Nah. Uh, I'm married to a non-Indigenous woman and, um, you know, that, that was all that was needed back in the old days to take the kids away. So yeah. um, just an embarrassing blight on our country, but one that we need to recognise, to move forward, mm. to recognise that because um, we do live in an incredible country, but we've got to get a lot of things right. Yeah. And this is the thing about um, recognising the First Nations people uh, here in Australia. So, yeah. Um, Slowly, slowly but surely, we keep working, keep fighting, educating, keep educating people, right? Yeah. Because my culture is your culture, and I think together to move forward in this country, we need to we need to get better at it. Yeah, no, well said, mate. Well said, um, mate. You were you were drafted in nineteen ninety four. Pick long time ago. Pick forty. Uh, yeah, that is a long time ago, <laughs> mate. Can you uh, can you tell the story? I know you've told it a couple of times. How you felt when you your name was read out and you were selected to go to the uh, Sydney Swans? Oh man, I, remember, I was a Carlton fan, and I told this story a few times over the over retirement. I guess you get a chance to open up a little bit more. Yeah. But I was a Carlton fan, and when the Swans read my name out, I cried. I was like, oh, I don't, I do not want to play for the Swans. And my mum asked me that draft day. She says, why don't you want to play with Swans? This is an amazing opportunity. I said, they're shit. <laughs> and they were. Like, they were bottom of the ladder, bottom of the ladder, bottom of the ladder for the three years running or something like that. Yeah. They were basket case, coaches leaving, departing, players leaving, departing. Like, it was just – then my name got read out. I was, like, devastated. <laughs> and you got to remember where I'm from. I'm from a housing trust house sharing a room with five boys, four yeah. boys. I, I didn't want to leave because – that's what I thought of the Swans. Yeah. <laughs> like usually someone would go, I'm drafted, this is how good this is, I get my own room, yeah. get paid. I was like, no, I'm stay- I'd rather stay here. Stay with the boys. <laughs> I stay with the boys and the community and the family than yeah. do this. But my mum, my mum, really hard edge. She she had to run a really tight ship because, you know, kids run wild otherwise. Yeah. But she just she packed my bags and said, this is an- – you're gonna th- um, you're gonna thank me for this later. I'm packing your bags and put me on a plane. And yeah. I was in Sydney about a week or two after that. After that, when my name got read out, devastated. Yeah, oh, no, I won't. I'm gonna do everything to do I can. Um, I'll give it a crack, but these guys will work me out. I'll, yeah. I'll they'll send me back. Send me back. Send yeah. me packing back to Adelaide. Yeah, mate. The rest is history. And the, and the rest is history. Really, <laughs> like it's again. It's about the people and, the, and, the, and, the, and that journey, you know. Like yeah. you meet so many great people at this footy club that they just had the, they had the best intentions for me. They looked after me. Everything I needed, I got support. Time to go home. Like all these little things yeah. that might not matter to some, but no. that was huge for me. And in the end, when you know I got offers to go back to Adelaide, I was like, it was. A, it took me a minute to go. No, this is what I, I need to see yeah. when you're negotiating your contracts. I need to see roughly something around this. Yeah. Swans came to the party and the rest is history. Yeah. And, mate, that would have been uh, not a tough time, but certainly a learning curve for you because it was the first time, apart from going outside of your community and into town yeah. in Adelaide, it was the first time really going oh, away from everything that you've ever known, isn't it? It was unbelievable. Like, first time I lived with white people and, as I said, I was petrified. Wow. Didn't cook, didn't clean. Like I used to mow the lawns back home, clean clean the garden. No gardens in Sydney. Like you're living in a unit, four flights up on the you know walking stairs, and it yeah. was just it was bizarre. And I, I thought there's no way I'm going to survive in this place. This yeah. place is way too big. And I guess when people say, "Oh, the city's too big," I think they mean it's 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 when you grow up on and you got land and you got things to do, riding motorbikes, hunting, and yeah. catching rabbits and things like that. Then to be boxed in a room, oh. in a unit in Sydney, yeah, catching buses everywhere that you don't know where the bus or the fare is going. Yeah. <laughs> like send me home, mate. <laughs> yeah. Like if they said, "Hey, do you want to go back home?" I would have absolutely said, "Oh, thank you, please." Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, the Swans had the incredible people. They mm. just had the welfare system was just unbelievable in terms of looking after players because every player from the Swans back at that day. 
was from interstate, and I reckon it was maybe one or two from actual actually Sydney. Yeah. So to be able to bond with players from Melbourne, Perth, you know, like it was awesome. The Swans have always been pretty good at that, haven't they? Like the, with the people side of things, you know. Obviously, you and I work, but you, you played there, but we worked together there, and it was it was one thing you did notice was the oh. good people at, at the club. Absolutely, and I'm forever indebted to the Swans. Everything I have, I own, my relationships, it's all from the Swans. Mm. And that was from my own personal, um, personal, I guess, um, relationship building that I was trying to do, perseverance in that as well, trying to play AFL footy yeah. and struggling with the training and the professionalism of it all. So, I, you know, I really did roll up my sleeves. Once I decided I'm staying, well... Yeah. That was it. I rolled the sleeves up and did everything I could to get fitter, stronger, smarter, yeah. and 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 really go outside your comfort zone to form relationships with, as a seventeen-year-old, with guys like Paul Kelly and Mark Bays who were twenty-five and thirty. Like yeah. it was, you know, where, yeah. where would I have done that in Adelaide? I would not. Yeah, exactly. I would have stuck with my close group of mates, yeah. my my cousins, yeah, and that was it. Mm. But now, like you know, it just goes to show the world when they say the world's your oyster. You just got to, yeah. you know, every now and then you just need to kick out the, at the backside yeah. to go and this opportunity, don't yeah. let it pass you. And have, almost have the guts to have a crack. You know, you, you're hung out, you're stuck it's there. Probably, it's probably, you mentioned all those things about playing accolades and whatnot, but the, probably the, the one I'm, I'm probably most proud of, one or two things I'm most proud of, is actually comfort zone, having a cracker. Yeah. Whatever it might have been. My first footy clinic, I was talking to kids at high school. I just finished high school. <laughs> and one of them's asked me for an autograph. And I'm mm. like, my first autograph in Sydney, and I hadn't even played one reserve or AFL game. I'd yeah. been in Sydney a week. Wow. It was with Brad Seymour and um, Troy Gray. They took me to a clinic. And I was like, yeah. what do we do here? And they were just like, just watch us. And it was brilliant. Mate, brilliant. so good. Hey, um, I don't want to give you any more reasons to pump up your own tyres, mate, because I know you <laughs> – no, seriously, you, you know, we're out, we're out. You know, we'll go out and have a few drinks and you always refer to yourself as Mickey O, the third person. And, um, well, mate, even when we're having beers, it's, it's call me Hoff, you know, Hall of Famer. <laughs> but a month ago – I don't know if you know about this, but a month ago, April, so, so just last month, yep. the AFL and Fox Footy come out and they did a redraft of 1994 draft. Do you know, did, the, have you the, seen this? The draft of... The draft of 94. So, so my draft. Yeah, yeah, your draft. They've gone out and done a redraft of it. So yep. ranked everyone's careers and who would have been pick, pick one, two, three, four. Yeah, I, I saw... The, I, no, no, I didn't see that one. I saw the, like, recent ones. I saw the the, the best draft in the history, the Juddy one. And oh, that one. They no, redrafted no, no. that one. Well, what they're doing, they're going back all the years and they're redrafting all the drafts based on the performance of all the players. Yep. The, Mate, they've got you at number one. Oh, <laughs> number one. <laughs> How did that happen? Well, I remember the draft. The dra- I didn't know what the draft was. I just thought clubs came and got you. A la Stephen Coonahan and Carlton brown paper bags. Yeah. Not to like that, the rumour mill. <laughs> that's not certain. <laughs> and if they liked you, they took you. Uh, I had no idea what the draft was. It, I'd played Till Cup. I still didn't know what the draft was because it just wasn't. I was the last picked on my Till Cup team for, for SA and. I'd played maybe 15 games for Centrals that year. So someone had seen it and gone, okay, this kid's really, really raw, but with the right sort of support, coaching and all that kind of stuff yeah. and and really get the self-belief in this guy because he's – I must have been a nice – like a tall – Yeah. I was like, Matt, I was like athletic. 70 – Athletics. About 70 kilo, I think it was. <laughs> and, and by the time I finished playing footy, I was 91, two or three kilo. Yeah. So – the amount of muscle you need to put on to play the game. Yeah. So, you, yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. I only had three clubs so mate, come and say good day. So now you, can, now you can go around when we're out. You can just call yourself a number one pick. I don't think I'll do that one. Like, I mean, there were some unbelievable players in that draft. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a nice, that's a nice thing. Yeah, yeah that's, nice. No, that's good, mate. Hey, you're, um, you're, you're a 2005 Premiership player. Um, mate, what a day. Can you – and I was having a chat to Ruzi about this last week. Yep. Mate, can you describe the feeling of the day, you know, what it was like to be out there amongst all your mates oh. and, and then when you heard that, I suppose, that final siren, what yeah. the, you know, obviously the reaction, but, yeah, can you take us back to that day, mate? Yeah, look, memories? I played in the 96 grand final, lost it to North and I was 19. I thought we'd be back there the next year. Obviously, it took us so long, 2005, to get, get back there. Just shows you how rare they are. So we got there. We The lead-up was brilliant. I think we had... 
trained and did everything we, we, we possibly could do to get ready for it. We knew it was going to be a tough game. Mm. West Coast Sydney always, just, you know, really, you know, single numbers yeah. but that separate. Because, mate, that rivalry, that was massive, wasn't it? Like, I think over that, I haven't got it written down, but I remember between 2005, 2006, it was like five or six games that was decided under a point. No, was the, the stat is apparently seven games decided by ten points or less. Oh, wow. Yeah, so seven games, like, that's just crazy. Yeah. And I think everyone around Australia, not just West Coast Swan supporters, enjoyed the, the, the combat. Mate, loved it. Yeah. And it was just, it was purely Rusey loved one-on-one John Worsfold played like a one-on-one player and I played on John a few times as a kid. Yeah. So they love that battle and then there's strategically stuff that you do with you know, set plays and whatnot. But it was ultimately, it was, I'm playing against you, we're going yep. to go at it for two hours and, yep. you know, first one to crack is going to, you know, going to fail. Exactly. So the, but that was all around the ground. It <laughs> wasn't just in on a forward flank or a back flank. Like it was everywhere. Every player had a role. Yeah. So we played the game We and, and, and it's seesaw and we end up getting – we, we fall behind for the first time. We get back and we, we hang on for a close win. And we, you know, like when the siren goes, you mentioned the siren, it, all that is is relief. It's like the same as a round five game and you win by a point. It's oh, man, because you know what goes into it. Yeah. But a grand final, now ramp that up another 100 oh. times because yeah. – you wanted to do this as a as a ten year old kid. It's a dream. Yeah, it's a whole year's gone by, and you've and you and you and you and you finally on you're ahead on when the siren goes. Yeah. Leo takes that mark and just just it's a massive relief. And like you're playing, you and you you're wanting to play really well. And you, you I remember the day you go, okay, these are the things that I've done always up, up until. Um, Bounced, so yeah. you go. I prepared well. I've eaten well. Yeah, so I've in done your mind, all. yeah, yeah. So you mentally pre- you prepared for it, but yeah. then you get out there and it's just like it's on and it's hectic and it's it's fast. It's strategic. It's there's a battle here. There's a battle going here. And it's a little tap, little yeah, a little hanging on to a tackle. So all yeah. these things contribute, <laughs> and then you come out on top, and then we go, oh my god! But then you fast forward a year and we lose by a point. Yeah. So other, you go other end of the scale, isn't it, mate? The jubilee, like the. The excitement to win that for to win by a few points. Yeah. Fast forward twelve months and you've lost by a point. I, I can't. I can't explain to people what that's like. It still eats away. Does it it's really? 100%. Yeah. Hundred percent. I don't care who you are. If you say it doesn't hurt, and like, and, oh, you get over it and you move on. Like, yeah. One point, mate. Yeah. One point. And but they 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 could tell their story. The, 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 the Eagles could tell their the same story. Way, almost, they could go. Man, we lost by. Three points. Yeah. We could have been back-to-back. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, But, yeah. but when you're on that side of one point yeah. in a grand final, not many people nah. are, are there on one point. And yeah. I know St Kilda and Collingwood have that draw. Mm. Draw couldn't be, like, anything worse. But you got the opportunity to go again next yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. And then they got belted. But, yeah, um, yeah one point's really it's, – it's hard. It's it hard is. to swallow. Yeah. So, mate, it was obviously a great day. And, and you, your memories, are, well, I suppose, as I said, just <sighs> – Unbelievable. So you, all the guys you've grown up with, Leo, Barry, Goodsy, Kirky, like, you know, yeah. like all the guys you've grown up with, you just completed something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then I I, I, was, I spoke to Ty Canelli the other day and the Irishman, so obviously premiership player. There's a great picture of me, him and Jude and Amon, I think it is, and we're standing on the fence after the siren. And I looked at Ty and I was like, what a – Journey he's made, like him, Jim Steins, and and, yeah, and, that, and the guys from Ireland, they come all halfway across the world, play a game that they've never seen. Yeah, and I know when you when they speak about Jim Steins, he's the, one of the absolute all time greats. But then to actually, and his teammates got to see how he worked. So I got to see Ty work. Yeah, not even knowing how to hold a ball, to kicking a ball properly, just had an athletic ability to then. Standing there with me with my arm around and a yeah. premiership player. Like, that is just incredible. Yeah. The amount of time, energy, effort that he put in. So, I, that, that's inspiring for me. Yeah. That's oh, just I, incredible. Mate, that's awesome. I saw you get goosebumps well, when I talk about it. It's funny you say it. I was leading on to my next question. Who, who, what motivated you as a player? And was it the, um, was it to win a grand final or was it like? Yeah, grand finals. Uh, what you want to do as, as a player. Yeah. Um, but I'll be, and I've been honest like this before, the first point for me was playing AFL footy was a way and an opportunity that our family, going back 100 years, you know, before colonisation, 
that our fa- my family, and I'll talk about my family, like we had no money. Like this, mm. I knew that if I could play footy and do it well, I could change our family's life. Support the family. I, yeah. can, I can help support a lot of people within my community. And I, that was my first and, – and Rusey actually was really great at this. Rusey try, was trying to inspire the players, the group, the 40-odd players in the group. And he just said, I don't care what inspires you. Is it money? Is it fame? Is it winning premierships? Is it being the best – getting your best out of yourself? So he goes, use that as the motivation to improve. Yeah. So I, that's what I used. I used uh, every time I played well and was able to send a couple of bucks home, or and like you know, it's it, that's a, I, it's a good feeling. It's a really humble, yeah. humble feeling. As I said, I was borrowing football boots as a kid and yeah. getting lifts. So I remember all those lifts that my mates gave me. I gave all the, the, the footy boots that were hand me downs. I remember every single one yeah. of them because. I wouldn't. I don't do what I do without those people helping. Mate, me. that's a real credit to you, actually, because obviously being your mate and, and knowing you now for you know ten plus years, it's um, that's one thing. You, you you are very humble. You know what I mean? Like you've achieved all these things. You're doing great things in business now. But I think you, that's a great asset to have is to still stay Thanks, humble. Man. And you know. it's, again, I, I go back to my mum, my grandfather, grandmother. That like they were just soul of the earth people. They had very little, but Made it work, man. They yeah. made it work. Yeah. No, well done, mate. And your in your proudest achievement, like I, I mean, I know we've we've spoken a bit about the premiership. Was there any other achievements that you're really proud of, or um, playing? I always say this, like for the premiership, really proud. I reckon the flip side of that is I went in as a, a, a an athletic running, being able to run on a half forward. It played in the midfield a lot. Played in back flank, but believe it or not, yeah. <laughs> did you? didn't pick anyone oh, up. Mate, exactly. You would have floated <laughs> forward for sure. Floating <laughs> for a goal. I was floating forward all the time. Um, <laughs> but playing with injuries is one of my – I'm, I'm really proud of because yeah. I hurt myself at training and Ruzi was just starting, I think, and if it was any other coach, I reckon he would have said, oh, we've got to phase this guy out because – So he's, he's had a massive influence oh, on him. Unbelievable. I, I played my first year at Ruzi, with Ruzi's first year, so that was just – got to know him and Tammy and the family really well. So I count Ruzi as one of my really, really close friends and, and Tammy, and um, that's just been – he's been inspirational um, in t- and for me, being able to see the way that he was able to – he came to Sydney in a challenge at 30 – Whatever age he was, I know he was old, really. Um, but <laughs> but he came and he was, I think he was an All-Australian once or twice at 30, 31, 32, whatever it was. But yeah. the, the professionalism, he was fit, he was focused, helped turn – turn. we went from bottom to just missing the finals because of Ruzi and, and Tony Lockett. Right. And then Rodney Ede came, Paul Kelly wins at Brownlow. We get more games into the young blokes. So, yeah. you, you know, it's, yeah, it's got to start, start – It builds. It's yeah. got to start somewhere. Yeah. Bottom, second bottom, 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 bottom. Yeah. Draft happens, Shannon Grant, Anthony Rocker, myself, Matty Nix, yep. Simon Arnott, all join the Swans. Then we're able to – we're the first, I guess, era of player core – I'm talking about a big number of players that played in 1995 who have still stayed in Sydney. Yeah, wow. From then on. Okay. So, so 94, 93, 92, 91. Yeah. It's a lot of guys. There's a couple still floating around. I love seeing them. But they go back to Melbourne or Perth or wherever they're from. So yeah. it's quite um, – Amazing how the fortunes have changed and you sort of like we love the Swans and we go to most games, my lads in the academy. Yeah. So Ruzi um played a huge part in that as a yeah. ex teammate, then coach. And Ruzi just said, Hey, you're not gonna be that running half forward. Nah, because it was in need of tendonitis, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'd torn a little little piece of the tendon and it just took forever and I had no fitness and yep. I was doing boxing and swimming and I just was just going crazy and I wanted I love being around the boys and players. Yeah. Locker room's the best greatest Boardroom in the in the world, locker rooms. There's no other place like them in the world. So that's what you, one of the things you miss the most. I oh, I don't miss playing. I miss banter. I yeah. miss talking. Have some real serious chats there as well. So it's, I miss that stuff. Um, but Rusey was able to say, "Hey, okay, forget that part of football right now. You're not going to be that running athletic player. You've got to transform your game and your, and your thought process into becoming permanent forward, not yeah. leaving 50 too many times, and you're going to have to chuck some more size on." And at the time, I was really lean. I'd come off a disappointing 2002 where form and injuries and I was flying through the whole of pre-season. pre-season. And then coming into the season, I was looking unbelievably. I was doing really well in the running and then bang, done. Wow. And from that day on, 
have never left the Ford 50. It wasn't by choice, but 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 the one thing I... I well, made it suited to it, really. 100%, but it was like... But I enjoyed that freedom to go and get a, a kick because a Ford line can be really dead sometimes. Yeah. You can't get a kick, yeah. especially when you're getting belted. But it allowed you to go and get your hands on the footy, go yeah. and tackle someone, do something. But yeah. um, Reece said, no, nah, forget it. Fuck, let's, we're going to change this. Let's focus on you and Hawley becoming these t- this type of player, these type two types of players are going to put our game plan around that. You're, don't worry about trying to get a run in at half forward or, or um, in the middle. Yep. You're not going to be there. So that was really yeah. disheartening to hear. But truth, truthfully, honestly, you just said that. And I transformed my body, put more size on, put more strength on, wrestling drills, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. and became a permanent forward. And it probably gave you, like thinking back now, it probably gave you a good focus knowing, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do now. Like yep. a lot of players these days probably think, oh, I'm a, I'm a forward, I'm a back. Yeah, you know, that, like that a, certainly helped. Yeah. Yeah. But and then Barry and I were able to, Barry Hall and I were able to do a great little sort of partnership there. Yeah. And then you had others chipping in and other, and, and whatnot. So it was really, we had a, we had a structure and then we played, the Swans played, I'll show you, Ruzi was able to tailor that with Ross, Ross Lyon and um, John Longmire and then Blakey and then, you know, yeah. all these guys just, um, Using their expertise and you know their, their, yeah. what they know about football, implement that into our game style, and it was incredible. And then Ruzi did gave a, a new lease of life to a lot of other players, Brett Kirks, to Adam Goodses, yeah. you know, all playing Bra- their roles. Yeah, Craig Bolton comes in and becomes one of our best ever defenders. Like mm. who would have thought? Yeah, exactly. But Ruzi had this vision and he had some great support around it, and was able to deliver the messages to the players individually and then as a collective yeah. really well. Really yeah. well. No, that's good, mate. Hey, just knowing you, I reckon another thing that's probably high on the high on your list of achievements is um, the Indigenous team of the century. Um, I went through the list, mate. The, it's unbelievable <laughs> players in there. You got your Premiership players, Brownlow medalists, Northwood yeah. medalists. Oh, let me just read out a couple: um, Chris Johnson, Daryl White, Gavin Wanganine, Polly Farmer, going back a bit, Barry Cable. But then you've got like Andrew McLeod, Michael Long, Goodsy. Morris Rioli, mm. you know, Matera, Nicky Wimmer, yourself. Was that a great feeling knowing that you've been recognised and made that team as well? Now, all those guys, certainly that older generation uh, above me, I had their posters on my wall. Yeah. Like, you know, right. mate, Michael Long and, and these guys, Michael McLean, um, Gav Wanganine, we're both from the Salisbury North Footy Club, and then he was the first one to go to the AFL, followed by Troy and Shane Bond, and then myself and my brother, and then others. It was just incredible. So Gav was my blueprint to leave SA and the Salisbury North Footy Club, go on and play for Port Adelaide or Centrals, then get drafted, then do what you need to do. Yeah. So that was inspirational. Um, that's just, man, that's huge. You go to the Indigenous communities, that posters is up everywhere. Yeah. Um, and now that we've had some other past, I've retired, and there's some other champs that would, could easily get a game in that game, in that team as well. And that's you know, you know, Buddy and Cyril and these guys. I was actually thinking of that. Like, there's a few that, geez, that probably yeah. could have made it as well. Sean Berger, like there's a number of, of guys. But that's the beauty of when you pick these teams at that point <laughs> of time. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, really. That's that's very humbling, mate. When yeah. my name got called out, I looked at full forward. Yeah, oh, it's just so so humbling. I can't explain. To people, when you when you're listening to this, is that it blows your mind that you're in this team? Yeah, and I'll choose another one in another hundred time, uh, hundred years, and that, that team will look completely different. Yeah, no, mate, unbelievable, great achievement again, mate. We touched on it before with your your injuries and and I suppose the change in your career where Ruzi moved to forward again. Um, and, and this question almost relates to life as well. How do you? Can you give an insight to everyone watching and listening how you pick yourself up when you when you do get knockbacks or kickbacks and you know for yourself the injury became really frustrating for you like is yeah. how do you <laughs> yeah what did you do to pick yourself back up and um, injury it's a part of the game right it's how you deal with them and how you can play with them every player is playing with some sort of struggle injury mentally or physically um, my inspiration and was thinking back where I'm from. Like yeah. I've got communities looking at me. Like they not, might not be watching me that week. So you you as a role model then? Yeah, like they, I've got this opportunity to play. Why can't I go to training on time? Why mm. can't I do extra work? Of course I could do that. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's not a – It's mm. we, get, we become complacent and lazy and, and 
things. Like that. And every now and then you need a kick in the, in the, in the ass, and that's fine. Mm. But I think back on I've been able to, ch- as I mentioned before, I've been able to change my family's life. Yeah. Like winning premierships, playing with injuries, and then the other best thing I've and most proud of and the best thing I've ever done in football is being able to build my mum a house. Yeah. Wow. Like giving your mum a, pair of, a set of keys out of that shit box that we lived in yeah. to our own brand new house. That is that is that's like putting a medal around at premiership time in 05. Is it really? Wow. I can't separate them. Like that that's two of the biggest things. Making team the Indigenous Team Century is pretty special. But they're like sort of individual accolades yeah. and like playing football being able to help change our family's life. Yeah. So that's I think back when I'm going through a shit time or I'm Struggling, or I'm feeling lazy, or I don't want to like I don't want to do this. I don't. Want to, I, I need that little reminder, and I'm I'm always conscious of it. Hang on, this this all you only get one crack at this. You might have five minutes. You might have five years. You might have ten years. Yeah. So you got a little small period of time to make an impact. And actually, Ruzi said that really well. He said you got a small small amount of time to make an impact. Whether it's positive or negative, it's up to you. Yeah. So that's that really stuck with mate, me. That's well. a great message and a real special insight, mate. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Mate, how important, leading on from that, how important is it to have, I suppose, that belief in yourself mm. and carrying that, um, you just mentioned there, however easy you see in one corner or the other, that positive attitude. So I suppose, yeah, how important is it to have belief in yourself and, and carry that positive attitude? Yeah, I, I think I'm a happy, happy person, yeah. naturally. I love talking to people. <laughs> I, I love nothing more than having a laugh and, and, and ribbing teammates because I, I rib myself more, like, you know, like we both go back and forth. Yeah. And I'm at first like to have a crack at myself and have a laugh and uh, it's quite it's quite amazing because you can't you can't do that in the office. No. Like, you can't. So uh, I love the banter around what sporting organisations do. It brings you closer to other people. You find out about more people. Some of the p- first people um, that I met, I was their first Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person they've ever had a conversation with. Yeah, well. Wow. Not just said hello and kept moving, but actually conversation over 10, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, like I'm making an impact there as well and I'm teaching them about my culture and they're getting a more of an understanding. Yeah. And over years that builds into a really great relationship. Um, yeah, I just – I could be digging holes. Yeah. I could be digging holes, but – I'm on your award-winning podcast. That's it, mate. Plenty uh, of followers on this one. <laughs> I'm on your award-winning podcast talking about playing footy for 15 years. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's great. Mate, life is awesome. And you get there because I've worked hard. I've had some luck. But, I've, you know, I've fucking worked hard. Yeah. I make no apology. Everything I have, I've worked and earned. Absolutely. So um, I don't, nothing really gets me down. If there's an issue, the things I've learned in sport, and in particular, obviously, AFL and the from Ron Barassi and Rodney Eden and Paul Roos and our assistant coaches, it's about the process. Like, okay, you want that. What do you need to do? To get, not, it's not just going to the end result. It's the process. Yeah, and so it's setting you – I suppose it's setting your goals. Call it? call it setting your goals. Call it whatever you – like all those things are absolutely – that's how I live my life. So yeah. nothing happens from chance and it does. If it, and if it does, it very rarely will happen again. Mm. But good players – players because they keep repeating the, the, the same habits, the really good habits. Yep. And you know what? I'm no angel. Certainly I've messed up that many times and, and, and done some stupid stuff. But you learn from those mistakes, right? Yeah. So it is what it is. But um, And, again, surrounding, surrounding yourself with really strong, unbelievable people. People, yeah. Um, I've grown up in a really rough neighbourhood. A lot of my mates and cousins are in jail, but I had a really strong role model. My mum, she, she kept t- t- uh, dibs on me. If I was five minutes late, I was in trouble, man. Yeah, like, right. I was at school every day pretty much. Yeah. Um, so it comes back to that discipline too, doesn't it? Really? Oh, massive discipline, yeah. yeah. But that was her her way of doing it. She ruled the house <laughs> with an iron fist. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got her to thank for everything I have. So. Mate, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to have a quick chat. I'm going to change change tune to you. So the the last dance, the Michael Jordan doco, mate. Oh, how good. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, we, we would often um, send a text to each other just saying, how, how, good's, how good's this thing? Now, we, um, mate, we, we play Monday Night Basketball together as well. And we've got a bit of a star-sided side. <laughs> we've had Ruzy play. We've mentioned Ruzy. We've had Ruzy play. We've had 
Craig Bolton played, but yeah. he's he's taken off to take over Apple in um, in the US. Goodsy, we've had Kirky, um, Jeremy Layla, Big Dean Cox, Stevie Jay's played a couple of games. We've obviously got Big Kizzer and, and and Timmy Schmidt. Who, a couple of and a, and a couple of fill-ins along the journey. A couple well. of fill-ins, mate. <laughs> serious question: um, Do you think you're the Michael Jordan of our team? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what I am. I am the captain, coach, and the only bloke who pays the fees. <laughs> you, all you blokes That's are true, I some money there. All you blokes are tight asses. Um, so yeah, you know what? I, yeah, I'm absolutely. I, I, I'm the captain and coach. So when I say someone's got to sit on the bench, so be it. Um, nah, how 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 good are those nights? Like we play every Monday night, and we've won a couple of premierships, and and we play against some. Mate, we're the oldest team in the comp. Oh, easy. And we, you know, we, um, it's a great way to keep fit, that camaraderie. But you know what? We're all competitive bastards yeah. as well. So that's, we're so competitive. We're yelling at each other if we're, not, if we're, you know, we're losing and, and we claw our way back into the game. We win it and everything. Everyone, it's like a, after a bad game, you've had a crack at someone, then you, everyone's apologised. Hey, man, sorry about that. <laughs> Mate, you've cracked at a movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I, yeah, I must admit, yeah, everyone has their whipping boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but but how, there's so much fun, mate, and we get a, we release a bit of good know, fun. competitive yeah. energy yeah. and it's every Monday night and we haven't and – had, we were either one, two or three, and it's been unbelievable. I don't think the competition likes us that much. <laughs> so, we're, we're a bit loud and crude and uh, we Brett Kirk and um, Goodsy throw their weight around a little bit. But, um, yeah, they're, they're brilliant. I can't wait for it to get started up, to tell you the truth. I'm really missing that release of energy. Yeah, same, mate, same. Mate, watching The Last Dance, I suppose, and sticking on that theme, and we obviously play, as I said, on a Monday night. Mate, what was it like seeing... Um, one of your your very close mates on there, Scotty Pippen. She <laughs> 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 just sticks me up here. Mate, it's my only chance to get oh, you back. So uh, not too many people know this story, <laughs> but can you just tell everyone? What, what, was why it, would I tell that? Um, was, it, was it Hawaii or Vegas? Yeah, we, we just won the premiership and we're on the last day in Hawaii, been there for a week, and we're in a nightclub and someone yelled out, Scotty Pippen's over there. So Goodsy and I went over to say day to him. Get a photo on the old wind up, uh, oh, the, wind up the old Kodak bloody wind up things like twenty bucks. Yeah, uh, at the chemist and um, we went over to him and we asked him for a photo and we, we had a few schooners obviously. <laughs> and uh, I've asked him and Goodsy's standing right next to me, and um, he's uh, I've asked because I've had a skin full of it and ready to rock and roll and. Scotty, can we have a photo? And he's gone, no. And I started laughing like, oh, nah, man, it's not a joke. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) And he's basically turned – he's looked up again. He's gone, nah. And his bouncers came over and said, go, please leave. (laughs) I went, oh, um, yeah, okay. And and we – I went to go to Goodsy and went, hey, okay, we – Goodsy's already done a moonwalk back there. He's left me me hanging. (laughs) The boys were over there looking and they're like, what's going on? And then when they knocked me back, they all absolutely lost it. They're all laughing. You know, 20, 30 guys there. Um, but I thought that was okay because I thought, like, you know, he's a superstar. He doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to be bothered. But you're a premiership player, mate. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what I was trying to tell him. <laughs> but he wasn't taking any photos with any guys. Is that right? Okay. For that whole thing. He was just taking photos with girls. Mate, do you know who we Unbelievable. did? Unbelievable. Uh, oh, I'll move on from that one. I know you don't want to. <laughs> you know who we did get a photo with? And we actually have touched um, the, the the premiership, not the premiership, what's it called? The the trophy, you know, the NBA trophy. Oh, the, the Was yeah. uh, Paddy Mills. We did. Do you remember that? Yeah, Millsy, um, San Antonio Spurs, one of the great guys. Yeah, there's the photo. One of the great, great guys of Australian sport. Uh, actually, very, very good AFL player. We tried to get him over as a rookie at the Swans, but right. I think he made the right decision. <laughs> and he's now killing it in the NBA and we're lucky enough to meet him here. But also, Goodsy and I travelled and a good mate of ours, Lex, travelled to... Uh, uh, the states and stayed with Paddy over there, and he looked after us. And he just—he's the best ambassador for sport, and in particular the NBA for uh, for Australians and the US to understand what our culture if is. If you follow his Instagram, he's brilliant on it. He? He's the best. Yeah. Um, so I've sent a number of mates over to him, and he's looked after them for a ticket or two wherever yeah. they may be playing in the states. Unbelievable guy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Must have been a training session, mate, because we're both decked out in our swans kit now. Yeah, yeah, it must have been. <laughs> uh, you'll have to show it on your, on your podcast. Yeah, it was, well, well, well. It, is a, it was a special day to, 
you know, that thing does not leave uh, the states that often. Uh, that's funny. Mate, um, in, in all seriousness, though, uh, did you take much out of the, the Jordan doco? Or, or, or... No, I'd read ev- and watched everything of yeah, Michael Jordan. Because I idolised him. Uh, the, the first uh, VHS video that came to Australia was Come Fly to Me. And that's right. yeah. Come Fly With Me. And it was Michael Jordan's first ever video. And it was 30 to 40 minutes of just MJ. And it Australia had never seen as much of that ever. Like, you, no internet, none of that mm. stuff. So you, whatever you can get your hands on, they played the NBA once a week. I think it was back in the day. And yep. Chicago, Lakers, Celtics were all playing. So if you're lucky enough to watch MJ, you're lucky enough. To but then this VHS, this video dropped in, in Australia and Australia went crazy. Yeah. That was the first part. And then you can remember, then everyone else, Bird had it, Magic Johnson had a video, and it all they were all getting delivered to Australia. So you had to order it at your sports store. Yeah. Then there was the best slams, and there was the slam dunk. Like all these things landed in Australia, and it was at the, those early 90s. It was just incredible, and MJ yeah. was just about to hit his peak. And So watching The Last Dance, I, I, I was just loving it, watching it with my kids. Yeah. My daughter plays basketball, my son plays basketball, and I'm like, man, I remember that. that. But then – Best thing, some of that behind the scenes stuff, I was just blown away. Yeah, was, so, yeah. Um, he was a relentless perfectionist, ruthless with his teammates, which you can't do at AFL level as much as what he was doing. Really? Because, well, okay. You could no. There's there's leaders and there's ruthlessness, and but you need twenty two that coming weekend to play really really well, and you're only as good as the guy you know defending, yeah. or kicking goals if you're playing him. So. MJ had the ability to get up and down the court mm. and impact the game every minute pretty much. Yeah. He can kick the ball from the back lines. He's got to sprint all the way up the other. And there's a different yeah. element of fitness and physicality and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So basketball is a different game. You can't do that in the team sports that, that we're used to, I guess, because you don't see the ball all the time. He saw the ball every 40 seconds. He always had it in his hand. Always it? had it in his hands. Yeah. He had it. He, and then he was either stripping the ball or playing with it. And it was like unbelievable. So, yeah. Um, not a lot of people liked him, but he doesn't. I don't think that bothered him. Mm. So um, he's wanted to win. He's yeah. to win. Mate, you just mentioned the kids. Um, you're a husband to, to the amazing Emma, who's um, I know she's a fit running machine, mate. She runs with. Uh, actually, I caught up with James a couple of days ago. She runs with Alana and does the 440. But mate, you're a father to Taya, JJ, and Lenny. Yep. How has um, fatherhood changed you? It hasn't. Changed me too much. I'm still that big kid having a laugh with the kids, trying to anyway. I think watching and, and art, articulating and passing on knowledge is probably where I come into stuff. Emma's just unbelievable. She just holds everything down. Um, um, Emma's got a degree from the university, like, and I finish year 11, like, mm-hmm. you know. So we're built a part in that edu- educational side of things, but it was just. The kids have got the best of both worlds, I believe. You know, we, we're just plenty of love. Tell them you love them. Um, when they need help, they'll let you know. But trying to teach them some resilience as well. Yeah. And they love their sport. James is in the academy, Swans Academy. So he's he he's like, I'm like a typical daddy. If I pass the knowledge on, he's really good at it. But then in the end, he'll just go, uh, okay, okay, dad, okay. Yeah. Well, so, that was going to be part of my next question because I, I still remember last year, I think um, – you called me from the car. JJ was in it, and, he go, and you're like, "You go, Goody." JJ wants to tell you something, and he just made the New South Wales oh, yeah, team yeah. unbelievable. And like Tay is a gun basketballer. Yeah, they're, you do, know. they're doing a thing like. And Lenny, she loves her ice cream and dancing. <laughs> dancing ice <laughs> but, cream. But, oh, she's yeah. a, she's a bit of a runner. She play, she does play basketball, but yeah. she's dancing on the basketball court. So, so I suppose my question is, how do you manage the kids' expectations? Because they would have been a yeah. new as a player, professional in the footy scene. How do you manage those expectations? Yeah, it's hard. I think they. I think James is starting to get his head around it a bit more now. But he's he's a completely different player than me. He's a left footer, plays midfield like majority of the times. And we'd grown up in two different places, right? I had yeah. 50 cousins in the backyard kicking the footy and everyone there was only one footy and the footy was flat. So, like, yeah, everyone right. trying to get a kick, right? James got 100 footies at our house like because dad gets him footies. Yeah. And he's kicking the footy with three of his mates. So it's, like, really different. But um, letting him do his own thing, give him a couple of tips here and there. And the only thing that I, that I probably repeat over and over and over and over again to both or all the kids, I guess, is their effort. 
And if they're going to do something, do it properly mm. and have fun with your te- with your mates and bits and pieces. But if you're going to do it, like, do it properly. Um, and that's like the training. Like, I love watching the kids train and they put really big effort into it. They they work hard. Like, you know, and they're, they're so young. So my, my view is just, like, they'll, they'll find their own way but just be the responsibility for them is that mum and dad are paying good money for them to get boots and yeah. go into these things. So, like, if you don't want to do it, let us know. Yeah. But if you, and then if you're going to do it, you know, do it give, it, yeah, give it your best effort. Yeah. Give it your best shot. And everyone s- tells their kids that. But they're definitely going to come to – in particular, James will go, well, my dad played yeah. AFL, that means I have to play AFL. So my yeah. v- conversation with him now, mate, there's no guarantees you'll play AFL footy. So that's why you've got to give your best effort and you've got some of my attributes, you've got some of mum's attributes – um, it's so it's quite interesting. It'd be yeah. interesting how this sort of pans out. Yeah, pans out if yeah. he makes it, he makes it. Like like every yeah. no pressure though. No, like every. Um, I think he put internally. It puts his. They put the, on them on themselves. Yeah. Every son of an ex AFL player does that. I reckon. But um, he makes it. He makes it. But more so about his personality, how you work through problems, um, make try and make good decisions and. Be a good person is and be fun to be around. Like you know, that's yeah, cool. that's cool. Yeah, exactly, mate. We've um, we've spent some great nights out together, lunches. You know, I get you, I get a, <laughs> get a plus one to your box at the footy, which mate, keep it coming. <laughs> and we've worked at the academy together. But and aside from your family, which you just mentioned, I reckon when I see uh, you and Goody up on stage in front of audiences, inspiring young Indigenous children to, I suppose, believe in themselves yep. and give them an opportunity to access the right education. Um, mate, I really think, you know, that's a point when you're at your best yeah, as well. Okay. Thank you. Um, can you describe what the Go Foundation means to you and, and, and why you and Goodsy put it together? Um, thanks, mate. The, the Go Foundation is um, we're in a, we're in a foundation that, Literally, just puts we put kids into schools. Mm. We help with the the, the, the the fees, I guess, and, and some mentoring, and, and we want to help the mums and dads out there in the communities that you know there. You can go to the um, local public school, which is unbelievable, which I'm a product of, but there are other opportunities, and we want to, I guess, broaden the horizons of what's out in the world, mm. and that with the right support mechanisms, you can be anything you want to be. And ours is a non-sporting. Um, foundation. So if you kick a foot in, you're amazing at it. Doesn't mean you're getting a scholarship. Yeah. We want kids who are just going to have a crack at school, and we want we need we don't need any more football players. We need more CEOs, managing directors, business owners, and and, and, and lawyers and doctors and, and things like this. So yeah. that's really important because not everyone can kick a footy and the discipline that goes behind that. But everyone can go to school on time. Yeah. Everyone can have a crack, do their homework, or try to do those things. Yeah. And you might need some help, like I did as, at school, but if you don't uh, realise these other things are out there, you, you sort of get pigeonholed into that's like I'm going to be a yeah that's what I'm going to be a mechanic be. and nothing wrong with being a mechanic mm. or I'm going to be a fisherman or whatever it might be. But you know, with the right nudge and, and and opening your horizons and your eyes, you go, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, and yeah, that's all you do. So, and that, mate, that's a great point because one of my next questions was. How important is it to have a dream? Because you've put through, I mean, and these, I'm sure Shirley um, might correct me here, but 114 scholarships, 25 schools, three universities, 12 alumni. Mate, that's amazing results. And, uh, yeah, so to my question, how important is it for these kids to have a have a dream? Or Yeah, it's like as a kid I grew up wanting to be an AFL footy player and it wasn't until high school that they said, you know, guarantees of playing AFL footy, Mick. And I wasn't travelling that, that, that well at footy anyway at that point. Um, you know, teenager discovering school and girls and mates and things like that. So I was like, you know, it wasn't a massive priority at that, at that point. Like, a lot more switched on now. Yeah. So I put down, what do you want to be when you finish school? And I put down panel beater and electrician. And so this is to your point. Yeah. So my dream was to be an AFL player, but I went, well, that doesn't, and I'll be an electrician. I think I can do that. I've seen, seen some uncles do something along the, that lines, and the panel beaters, we, you know, we know that because I like working with my hands and yep. being out and about. So that was probably the two things. No one really said, oh, you, no one ever said, Mick, you could, if you tidy up your actor, you can be a business owner of some sort, or you can do, a, you can be a, own your own building business, or yeah. you can become a, uh, 
a doctor or you know, work in a shop. I don't know. Like, yeah. So it was. So it's opening up these other. Hundred percent. Yeah. No one really said. Yeah. Oh, they they heard panel beater and and, and electrician. They heard, oh yeah, that's probably all you. Without really delving into the the nitty gritty and yeah. the the process and the pathway, no one told me anything about that. Um, so the foundation. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to say that's awesome. That's your dream. But do you know that also? That opens opportunities for these five other jobs. Yeah, that you this do. exists. This exists. This so yeah. that, the plan is to go there, but you might get to that that path and go, oh wow, I actually like doing this more than I like doing that. Yeah. So again, we're just trying to yeah create create opportunities. Doing great work, mate. No, re- really good. And I suppose um, leading on from that, can you outline what you believe good leadership looks like? I mean, you're really proud of your heritage. Mm. And, um, you, you've, you know, you look after your family. You've got some close friends, and there's so many kids that look up to you. And you, you and Goods, you're doing amazing work with the Go Foundation. What do you believe good leadership looks like? It's a good question, mate. Um, and I go from a footy point of view is I just want honesty from the people I'm working with. So, like a, our captains that we had over the Swans period. Paul Kelly's and Kirkies and Goodsies and Leo Barry's of the world, Barry Halls, and they really lead lead by example. Mm. Some were great at talking, some weren't. Like it's that's the nature of the beast, and coaches are in the same box. So, like, they all come in different shapes and sizes, and you know, mm. leadership leaders, leaders, yeah. captains. Um, and I think back to my business partner here, who when I asked to to we should put a plan together to become business partners who's been as inspirational as uh, Paul Kelly wow. and a Brett Kirk. And this is at ARA. This is, what my, this yeah. is the business that I own yeah. now. Yeah. He's taught me just as much as I've learned off Ron Barassi. Wow. So, and, and Paul Roos, and Paul Roos for that matter. Yeah. But he's taught me a different field. Mm. So they've all got their own special. No one's amazing. They're very rare, but no one's amazing at everything. Mm. So I'm a little bit like that. I can pick up a little bit from there, from Rodney Ede, from Rusey, from yeah. my business partner, from Ron Brass, like, you know. Develop your own style. De- like, try to develop your own style. And that people, like, they, I think they get that genuineness. Yep. They know you're genuine and proof's in the pudding. So if you're the first in, the last to leave, people go, man, I can, I want, I love people relying on me. I yep. love the, I love it that people can trust me with their thoughts or they know, Mick, I need you here at this time. Can you make sure you do a, a, a a bit of a walk through the building because we need to price this thing up. Yeah, they know I'll be there. You'll be there. I'll be there at eight yeah. in the morning on the dot. Yeah. Um. So I like I love that. So that's a good part of leadership as well. That mm. reliability is oh, a absolutely. really big thing. People can trust me to do stuff. So yeah. Um. And when you and then when you actually mess up, people go, "No, mate, that's fine. Don't." Yeah. I know it wasn't on purpose. No. Whereas you know, and you meet people along, you go, "Man, this this guy's." He's taking the piss yeah. here. He's, he's, he's dodgy yeah. ass. Like, I don't. But you do. You pick it up on it. Don't you, you pick up on it. People, yeah. people pick up on stuff like that, man. Yeah. Like, so I like to think. Shit, so, man. Stick, so I suppose sticking true to your word. Hundred percent. You get, you shake someone's hand. You and you and you say you're going to do it. Yep. Yeah. Do it. Go and do it. I didn't have a contract at the end of the last two years of my career at the Swans. I had a handshake deal. Really? I didn't know. Uh, this. I had a handshake deal to say. So obviously signed it. Yeah. But it was a handshake deal to say with Andrew Island to say, and one of the most honourable per- people I know on the earth. Yeah. He just said, mate, you do these things, we, we, we want you, we, we, we love you, we, wanted, we want you to finish your career in a really, really positive way. Wow. So yeah. it was really good. And yeah. I understand not many people get that opportunity, mm. but I'd earned it. Andrew recognised that, Rusey recognised that, and it was, you know, it was an easy decision. So yeah, That's awesome. That, those types of things, right? Yeah. So, form, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I probably didn't articulate it as well enough, but it, yeah, that's that's everyone is different, and yeah. everyone, everyone you don't get it right all the time. No, that's a great message, mate. Mate, um, heading towards the end now, the, the final quarter, can you take me back to 2014 and what it was like for you to go through that with, with, with Goodsy? And, um, I suppose, I mean, I know you very well, and obviously was around then as well, but do you? Do you think about it much? Do you guys talk about it anymore? Or is it just um, in the past now? No, no. I, 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 good thing I don't speak about it too often. Every now and then it will come to a conversation. It's not something I go, hey, mate. Yeah. My, my view is, like, I'm always, he knows I've got his back, he's got mine. Um, and we're tight as. And we speak to each other every week, obviously, every second or third day. 
Um, and my whole process on that was just making sure that he was he was okay. Mm. And I was getting a million phone calls and texts, but I wasn't prepared to talk and do to do anything because I was waiting yeah. to hear what my mate wanted me to What's do. Well? And he didn't know what to do at some point in some of those points as well. So it was like, no, no, he's, I'm just there to put my arm around him. Mm. And uh, to show him, and, and that's what he needed at that point. And he's just gone on and leaps and bounds, just an unbelievable person. When you hear him talk in the final quarter, um, how he comes across, articulate, how smart, how he, how he, how um, measured, he yeah. measured he is, and calm and mm. collected. So it just blew me away. I remember doing the interview and forgot about it. Then when they, I saw Ruff go, oh man, and it takes you back. Mm. So really tough. Imagine if that was your son, oh. your daughter going, and, and you're going to watch him, and you, every yeah. person in the stadium was booing your son or daughter, yeah. just going near the ball. And you don't remember, Goodsey was the most beloved person, player, and requested player at the AFL. Yeah, well, like, and then he won he won one award, which is the Australian Year, and then everything got magnified magnified on him, yeah. and it went, what? Like overnight, it started when they announced the winner. Twitter was going crazy. Yeah. Oh, why did you give it to this black so and so? Really? Yeah. How did this Abbo win this? Like, so unbelievable. it's it's unbelievable. So I can go into a lot more depth on a lot of things, but I won't. But it was just a tough period when that unfolded. That my best mate, I couldn't do anything to help him. Yeah, um, and that was really really tough. I think with it coming out though, it was it was a it was so good because it's going to educate a lot. A lot of people that do need educating. I think it was a real, for me. It was really powerful. Oh, it's, a, it, it's the best thing to happen in Australia for a long, long time. So Ian Darling and the guys who put that together, they were just incredible. So um, amazing school kids. It's now in curriculum. Some of the uh, they've shortened it and yep. cut and pasted bits and pieces, but it's now in schools. So yeah, incredible yeah. conversation started. What was that? It was like we want to talk about. That's what we want. Conversation. Exactly. Man, yeah. Mate, final couple of questions. Um, and leading on to the end now. Mate, and you've been amazing. <laughs> I've got to give you a pump up. I've knocked, I've, I've, I've knocked it back a few times today. Well, I should be able to get you up in a couple of ratings. <laughs> Mate, you probably will. Three three life lessons or pieces of advice you'd give to anyone wanting to follow their dream. So Ooh. three, say you're talking to your kids, to anyone else, Three pieces of advice that you that, that you have learnt that you would pass on. Oh man! Well, if you're gonna, yeah, I think I said one of them was if you're gonna if you if you look someone in the eye, shake their hand, and say you got to be there or do something, follow through. That's a do it. Yep, and do it because um, you're only as good as your word. Um, be and be flexible and and and, and agile as well. It's really important. Because you're going to have to adapt to things that you don't like to do. Yeah, it's not. It's not always going to be easy. It's not popular, yeah. and that's everything from leaving home from SA to Sydney to seeing someone get bullied and making sure you speak, stand up, and speak up about it. Yeah. Um, so agile and adjust and being able to that flexibility and 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 once you if you can master that, you can do any job in the world, I believe. Mm. And you know, probably the last one is have fun. Like, yeah. mate, I'm a. I like to think of it as myself as a fun guy. I like hanging out with my friends. I love having a laugh more than anyone. I, I think I love hanging shit on my mates, and I love it when they hanging shit on me. And life is amazing. Like it is so so good, but it is also hard, and you've got to work hard for it. Um, so I've been lucky, but I've worked extremely, extremely. Dis- I've been extremely disciplined, extremely hard about it as well, uh, hard in my, on myself with it. But you've got to have fun along that journey too, mate. Yeah. Mate, that's awesome. And I just want to acknowledge uh, your, um, mate, everything you've achieved in your life, <laughs> uh, the success on the footy field to, your, you know, the tireless work with the Go Foundation, the Indigenous community, um, you know, giving the kids a chance at life to succeed. Um, and, mate, obviously as a family man, Emma and the kids love you. Um, mate, it's a real credit to you and, and, and just how you, like you said, how you approach life in a positive way, fun, positive, fun way. Um, and mate, you're also a great mate of mine. So, uh, there you go. mate, can't wait to have a few beers and uh, and vodka sodas, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice and nice and uh, shortly, mate. Once this is all finished, hey, mate, just quickly for everyone out there, where can they find you? Social media. Um, um, oh, look, I'm on the, the Twitter sphere and the, and obviously Instagram and 
we follow the business. My business is called ARA Indigenous yep. Services. We're a big maintenance cleaning company. Um, we do some, you know, we're one of the biggest ones in Australia, uh, Indigenous owned. So we're really proud of offering jobs and opportunities for our people, but doing a really good job at maintaining and cleaning a lot of commercial buildings. So yep. hit us up there, ARA Indigenous Services, and yep. um, yeah, it's been brilliant. It's Mate, been really, really good. Thanks you're a bloody so legend. Hey, one final question. What's your definition of success? Happiness. Mate, you're a bloody legend. You hey, my man. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Too easy. Good man. How good was that with my great mate, Mickey O? We covered everything from his childhood memories, that special 2005 premiership, his love for his family, and the importance of surrounding yourself with strong, positive people. But how about his proudest moment, where he's able to change his family's life forever and he built his mum a house. What a legend. And just a reminder, guys, if you enjoyed this episode today, please share it with your friends, tag me on Instagram, and subscribe to Apple iTunes and Spotify accounts so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, you guys know what to do. Get out there, face those fears, and live those dreams. You'll be okay.